Hello, I'm Dee Brown, CEO, and welcome to this episode of HBCU. Joining me on the panel today is Chris Blair, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, representing Alcorn State University, Liz Romanik, owner of Magic Hand Salon, also representing Alcorn State University, and my guest host, Vinay Brown, representing Tennessee State University. Y'all, thank you for showing up today, and welcome to HBCU. Thank you for having us. Hey, so I want to set the stage by really talking about your HBCU experience so our guests can get an understanding of that journey and that experience. So, Chris, I'm going to start with you. How did you end up selecting Alcorn State University as your HBCU to attend? Um, Alcorn State was one of my last uh, scholarship offers that I received after uh, doing two years of junior college at Heinz Community College. And just the family environment that they had there when I took my visit um, was, is the reason why I chose Alcorn State. Liz, what about you? How did you land at Alcorn State University? Well, it was a family tradition for me. My uh, grandparents both um, graduated from Alcorn State, and then my mom and dad attended Alcorn State, actually, and they met there. So um, it was kind of expected of us to attend there. So I guess I could say I had no choice. Okay. (laughs) So tell me about the first day that you set feet on Alcorn State University campus, the academic resort, as it's called. Right. Yes, well, we call it the yard once you get there. But um, it was quite overwhelming because um, I had attended so many games, but being there as a student, I didn't know my way around campus like I thought I did. And um, my mom dropped me off that day and I was was looking around like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. And I don't know how I'm gonna survive. I actually kind of kind of teared up. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I went in my room <clears throat> and um, one of my high school friends was my roommate. And um, we also had a third roommate that was very unexpected that we didn't know anything about. So I was not prepared for that. But it was quite an adjustment. Um, <clears throat> it was a lot of new faces, but a great family feel. Wow. Um, Chris, so how did um, what was your first day on Alcorn campus like? Um, I actually spent a lot of time in Lanier Hall trying to get my classes and everything set up. So, uh, but other than that, meeting a lot of different teammates, uh, meeting most of my coaches and getting to meet a lot of new people. That's how I spent my first day at Alcorn. So when you made it to um, Alcorn, what was the atmosphere like? You left Heinz Community College. Uh, Were you at the Utica campus? Uh, The Raymond campus. The Raymond campus. So what was it like with just the the feel of the campus, the people, what was it like you, when you first got there? Uh, it felt like family. Uh, it felt like I had been going to school there for years. Um, just the way that uh, all of the people embraced me when I stepped on campus and uh, just made me feel at home. Uh, like I said, well, Alcorn is a very historic place for me. Um, just like she said, her grandparents went to school there. My grandparents went to school there as well. And that's where they met. So um, it was already like a family environment when I got there. How do you think Alcorn helped you with your NFL career? Uh, the tough practices and things that uh, Coach McNair put us through, um, they most definitely prepared me for the NFL. Um, practices aren't as hard. Um, it's not as hot, so uh, I don't have to worry about that anymore. But, uh, 
<laughs> it most definitely prepared me for uh, the NFL. So, Liz, um, you were in the band at Alcorn yes. State University. The Sounds of Dynamite. The Sounds of Dynamite. <laughs> yes. So tell me about just the process of making the band. <laughs> Well, I remember I had to go and audition first. So they give you a sheet of music and you have to know how to read it. So um, thank God for the training that I got at my high school. I was prepared because I had to earn a full four year scholarship. Um, but I had to read some music and I also had to play some some um, um, some pieces that I already had prearranged before I got there. And they send you the letter in the mail, let you know if you actually got the scholarship or not. So it was a lot of anticipation. Yeah. But thankfully, I got that letter. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it like, Chris, to play football at Alcorn? Uh, having legendary guys like Steve Manair and Donald Driver ahead of me uh, mm -hmm. just was a great experience for me to be able to play behind those guys and just being able to come into a historic program where they've won um, numerous amounts of sweat championships and to be able to continue that legacy. Do you remember, uh, as, as it relates to the, the faculty and the staff that worked on campus, uh, how were those relationships? Were there mentor, mentors there on campus with for you? Uh, there were. Uh, there's a lot of people that I can name right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to be seeing anybody. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was a lot of uh, relationships that I built with people um, in the cafeteria. Uh, Miss Tracy, uh, I don't even know her last name. I'm <laughs> sorry about that. But, uh, <laughs> but I talked to her pretty much every day, and she was just always giving encouraging words about uh, keeping on, uh, pushing, no matter how hard it gets, uh, just keep uh, working towards my goal. And uh, that stuck with me all of my... Uh, career at Alcorn, and to this day, I still uh, talk to her. Mm. Well, if you're going to have any friends on campus, uh, in the cafeteria is one good place to make one. <laughs> <laughs> Liz, what about you? Um, I had a grand scale of people, too, who were influential um, to me while I, while I was there, but I just remember the business, my business professor, Miss um, Waters. She was uh, very um, influential the short time I was there. And I just remember when we came to her class, we had to present ourselves very professional. You had to dress up when you went to her class. The guys couldn't wear their earrings. You couldn't chew gum. I mean, she was serious. Now, a lot of people don't realize that uh, being part of the band and the, uh, the SWAC <laughs> is no easy, uh, easy task. It's not. Uh, Talk about the actual training and, you know, the practices that you all did leading up to your performances. So they do start off with an intense um, band camp. I think it was about two weeks long. Um, we would get there, I think, when, right before the freshmen got there. And um, just to kind of cultivate you, you know, into the system of how things are going to roll. Um, but it was very, very intense, a lot of running, exercising. They call um, the, um, the, gosh, I can't, the boot, the boot. We had to march the boot every night. Um, but it was very intense. Um, you got your crab name, <laughs> and mine was called right. Rowboat. Rowboat. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I had this certain type of march that, that they said did, did not fit and it looked like I was rowing a boat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So that was my crab name. But I enjoyed it. Um, 
I, I enjoy the process. How did Alcorn play a role in Magic Hands? Were you doing hair on campus already, or how did that happen? Great question. So, yeah, I went to school majoring in business because I wanted to open up my own cosmetology school. Right. Not necessarily did not want to do hair, but because my mom did hair, I went to school with tools. And so she was like, you need to learn how to make money while you're there. Right. So the first thing I did was arch eyebrows. And I put up a sign on my door, if you need your eyebrows arched or plucked, come see me. Yes. So I started doing that first, and then I started curling girls' hair. Yeah putting relaxers in, and so I got the chance to do some of the Golden Girls here okay. for the for the games. And so um, the whole time I was out there, that's how I earned my money. Yeah. To, so, to Chris, uh, as it relates to uh, being part of the uh, Alcorn football team, how did the relationships with the coaches and the discipline that they instilled in you, how did that play a part in your journey to the NFL? Uh, it played a big difference. Uh, Coach Mack didn't let anyone slack, um, especially with me being the leader of the team. He put more tasks on us uh, to make sure that we would lead the rest of our teammates in the right direction. So they held us accountable with everything. And I feel like accountability paid, played a big part in my uh, journey to get into the NFL. Did you ever um, – well, let me, let me start from, from this point. When did you feel that you would have a real opportunity – to play in the NFL? Um, I'd probably say after my first game, we played Southern Miss for my first game in my senior season. Mm -hmm. And I had a pretty good game uh, against the Conference USA opponent. So uh, after that, uh, I know it was a lot of people in attendance like Deion Sanders and uh, some more people after that. They told me um, after the game that I would be, uh, I would have a chance if I just continue to work hard and uh, continue to put up numbers like I did that game. So that kind of gave me a feel that I have a shot at the NFL. So what type of uh, events at Alcorn that were kind of the ritualistic events that the campus is known for? Well, when I was there, they had what they called the boot nick. <laughs> it kind of represented an event that happened in Atlanta, you know. Uh -huh. And so there were a lot of uh, people that went to school from Louisiana. And so that was their way of showing us how to have a good time. Yeah. So we would meet up at the tennis court. We would bring our, bring our blankets and stuff. And people would be sitting in their trunks playing music, barbecuing, hanging out. And it was the annual event. Yeah. And it was, it was wow. It, it was a good time. <laughs> Any events that stood out uh, to you, Chris? Uh, not really. It's just the same old, uh, what they call parking lot pimping. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Parking lot, just uh, enjoying each other's company and having fun, listening to music and just uh, conversating with each other. So that's pretty much it. I don't have any other events going on. So, And I know it's difficult to, to name names, but if there's anybody from your, your time at Alcorn that left a lasting impression on you, uh, who would you say it is? Um, probably Dr. Lee. Dr. Lee, I think he was the dean of music. Um, and um, he was just very influential. He always paid attention. You didn't know he was paying attention. Um, I worked for him during the summer. And one time I called in sick. And um, he saw me ride and taking a stroll. <laughs> <laughs> and he called my dorm about an hour later. He was like, Liz, I just saw you. I thought that you were sick. I need you to report to work. 
and he gave me so much work to do. <laughs> I would never forget that. But he was also the, uh, the great announcer of the band. Every time the band came out, he introduced us so well. And I just loved his personality. Wow. What about you, Chris? Um, for me, I have to say Fred McNair. Uh, he, more than being a head coach, he was more of a father figure um, off the field for not just only me, but pretty much for our whole team. He uh, really took up for us anything. Anytime we got ourselves into some trouble that we weren't able to pull ourselves out of, yeah. uh, he, he stuck his neck out there for the team. And um, <laughs> he always made a way for us. So uh, I'll forever be grateful for having a head coach like uh, Fred McNair. I think I would be uh, remiss if I didn't ask you this, this particular question. Uh, you know, right now, probably more than ever before, there's a lot of um, people looking at uh, HBCU uh, football programs, and primarily because of the uh, voice of Deion Sanders that has risen to the top uh, at Jackson State University, which is obviously one of your, your big rivalries um, there in Mississippi. Uh, right. What impact do you feel that uh, Deion's presence, him coaching at Jackson State, has had on not just Jackson State, but HBCU football programs as, as a whole? Um. Uh, it speaks for itself. Uh, he's done a lot for the HBCU world. Um, the Jackson State Pro Day, which was a um, mixture, well, combined schools of uh, Alcorn, Jackson State, um, Mississippi College, Delta State, and some more schools. It, it was 24 NFL scouts there. And then you look at FAMU, who had 28 NFL scouts. Right. I don't think that many NFL scouts has been to an HBCU program in God knows how long, if ever. But right. most definitely making an impact on the on the uh, HBCU world, and uh, I pray that it continues to get better and better each year. Liz, talk about uh, Magic Hand Salons. Tell us about what you do there. Well, I've been a business owner there for 20 years. I'm a licensed master cosmetologist, and it's been my passion to um, revitalize damaged hair and. Um, also boost everyone's self-esteem when they come in the door. What are you doing in the community? Because part of, I think, uh, what we learn, and I, I don't know, Chris probably doesn't know this, but I know you do, but I, I attended Alcorn for a year, mm -hmm. and I ended up transferring to uh, University of Memphis, which was Memphis State at, at that time. But one of the things that you pick up uh, at HBCUs, I feel, is that sense of community, right? right? The mm -hmm. sense of camaraderie. I was about to say And, and so it ends <laughs> up, I think, in a lot of instances, transcending itself into what you do in your community uh, as a professional. So talk to me about what you're doing in the community. Well, I started a nonprofit called Blossom and Butterflies, where I uh, mentor um, ages, girls ages 10 through 12. That is really like a very special age to me. Um, that's the age when the girls are kind of developing into young women and then trying to figure out who they are. And so I remember being that age and um, not really knowing how to handle myself and not knowing the right questions to ask. Mm -hmm. And I almost, you know, feeling like I was too old to do some things and not old enough to do some things. Right. And so those are the girls that I wanted to reach out to and help boost their confidence, their self-esteem. Do you think Alcorn played a part in you coming up with Blossoms? Well, I can't say necessarily that it was Alcorn, but I think just because of the, um, the family feel mm -hmm. and like he said, the camaraderie that I felt when I, when I was out there and from my family attending right. and seeing them serve and give back while they were there, yeah. also put that in me. Um, and so, 
I knew that I wanted to serve some type of way my, my community, but I wasn't sure how when I was there at Alcorn. Mm-hmm. But as I have grown and matured, I saw what was what was needed. And so I wanted to give back that way. Chris, so what is it like to play football for the Green Bay Packers? Um, it's a dream come true. Uh, I think growing up, my dream was always to get to the NFL. It didn't, it didn't matter who I played for. I uh, grew up about, around a whole bunch of Dallas Cowboy fans <laughs> and Pittsburgh uh, Steelers fans, but I really didn't care where I went. So when I got the call that Green Bay wanted to sign me, it was just like a dream come true. So it took it took me about, I got down there in May, so it took me pretty much to about the end of October to really just realize that I'm in the NFL living out my dream. Yeah. So, so Chris, um, what is it like, so you transition from Alcorn where obviously just playing co- collegiate uh, football is tough. What, what's the, I guess, that next level of training and practicing uh, for Green Bay? What is it like? Um, I think the difference between college, uh, playing at Alcorn and now in the NFL is just more, more discipline more technique, having to be fundamentally sound. Um, now you go from maybe being the best player on your team to now everyone in the locker room was the best player on their college team. So right, right. really have to learn from each other and um, really just taking advice from each other. Going with a, You're in a locker room now where the youngest person is maybe 20, 21, and you might have guys. And I, I know in our locker room, you got 39 and 40-year-old guys in, in the locker room. So just right. uh, just – Basically, transitioning from their college to the NFL pretty much dealt with uh, fundamentals and technique. Yeah. So are there any things that you're passionate about outside of playing football, whether it's within your uh, community or other projects? Well, what other passions do you have? Um, I love music. Um, my family is uh, pretty musically inclined. Uh, my uncle's a uh, music producer for uh, Flight Time Productions with uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. So um, since a little child, I've always played the drums. And now that's, uh, my brother does the same thing. Now I rarely have a chance to, to do it now since football takes up most of my time. But mm-hmm. my family uh, spends a lot of time in the church and they have their own music groups and things like that. So uh, I've always been passionate about music. Um, Chris. If you had anything to tell young black boys that want to play football for the NFL, what would you tell them? Like, what would be some advice that you would give them to maybe help them get there? Uh, never give up on your dream. Um, I come from a place where the uh, the odds are slight. Um, it's not, uh, especially where I come from, I was the first person since 1972 to make it to the NFL from my hometown. Mm. So um, all my life I always heard, uh, the chances of getting to the NFL coming from where I came from was very slim. And you know, there are worse places um, than where I came from. So never give up on your dream, never give up on your dreams and continue to put in the work because um, when you put in that hard work, that's what's going to pay off. Liz, uh, a similar question for you. If you had to give advice uh, to a young person that's looking to become an entrepreneur uh, and operate their own business, uh, what advice would you, would you give them? Um, at first, I would say probably find a mentor that you could glean from. Um, don't be afraid to ask the hard questions. Sit pride to the side and be consistent. Good advice. 
What about um, Alcorn that would make you tell a young person you should consider going to Alcorn? What would you, what would be the selling point? I think because it's a personable school, um, it's not like you will walk in there and not have the feeling that you will never know anyone. People are going to reach out to you. People are going to make you feel at home, you know, and you are, you're going to have people who are willing to develop relationships with you. Chris, what about you? What, what would be your uh, key selling points when talking to a young person and trying to encourage them to attend Alcorn State University? Pretty much everything she just said, the family environment. Um, I know for me, it was like my first day. After my first day there, uh, I went to Walmart and just meeting uh, meeting different Alcorn alumni that just made me feel like I was at home. So uh, I feel like that would play a major part in uh, getting other kids there, just uh, telling them about the the family and home feel for uh, for them. So I feel like that is a part. So Liz, is, is there any um, event or events that took place while you were, you were at Alcorn that uh, are very memorable, whether humorous or <laughs> serious or either way? Well, I remember, well, the event that I can remember is uh, it was a football game. And what was remember, well, memorable about it for me, um, I was a flute player and it was a major game. And um, somehow we... Our whole section marched the wrong way. (laughs) And this was during a halftime show. (laughs) So, you know, we got to review the tape when we got back to the school. You know, we caught it from Griff. That was the that was the band director's name. Oh, my gosh. He cussed us out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the band directors don't play. (laughs) Chris, what's your most uh, memorable moment from Alcorn? Uh, I'd probably say mine was a football game as well. We played Jackson State in 2018. Uh, it was for all of the marbles to win in the SWAC East, and uh, whoever won that game uh, would uh, would be able to play in the SWAC championship. So I just remember like how uh, how packed Jackson Stadium was with uh, all of the Jackson State fans and our fans, and just the feeling uh, that we had after we won that game, being able to go to uh, the sweat championship for the fifth uh, fifth time straight. So uh, yeah. that's my most memorable moment at Alcorn. So Liz, how do you feel Alcorn played a role in your success as an entrepreneur and business owner? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, I guess probably to see um, that great things can come from a small place. And when you work hard and you stay determined and put your mind in something that you can do it and you can achieve it, um, I think that keeps me going to see that so many great people have come from a school like that, you know, in a rural area, um, hundreds of acres of land. And you have to go probably maybe 15 miles to the closest store. Right. But there are some awesome educated people who come from there. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Chris, uh, as we begin to wrap the show up, I just want to ask you this. Uh, Alcorn does have these like, like little unique things that are, I think, unusual to a lot of co- college campus, like uh, Mary's, right? Yes. And Patton. Yes. The, 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 the store stuff. So uh, wh- <laughs> what memories do you hold from those places, Chris? <laughs> uh, Patton's is my, that was my go-to spot. Actually, <laughs> about an hour, so I'm going to Alcorn, and that's going to be the first 
I go to. So, <laughs> but yeah, Angie's most definitely had uh, everything you could think of pretty much in there. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> most definitely my favorite restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, uh, we've come to the end of the show. I want to thank both of you all for having uh, taking the time out your schedule to be on the show. Uh, Chris, I know that you are just starting your journey. Uh, in the NFL, and you have a long uh, ways to go, a lot of runway in front of you. We wish you all the best. Uh, Liz, you have had a 25-year successful track record uh, in business and entrepreneurship. And for that, I want to honor both of you all. Chris, I want to honor you with our Rising Star Award from HBCU. And Liz, I'm going to give you our HBCU Lifetime Achievement Award. Liz and Chris, I want to thank you all for taking time out your busy schedule to be on the show. And to my viewers, I want to thank you for watching this episode of HBCU with D. Brown, CEO. And remember, without you, there's no me.